What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Respect the Combat podcast. As usual, you know, it's the half missing Donetsky, and as always, with what we've got, the NBA draft snuck up on everybody and happened this week, as well as a lot of stuff outside the ring. But the big thing with this weekend, Survivor Series, honoring the screw job and Taker's career. But then also we've got a lot of just gaming updates and gaming DLC to discuss this week. So if you have a little bit of the time, just hit myself and Trico up and we love you all. Hit the countdown. What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode eight of the Respect the Combat podcast. For those that don't know or been living under the rock, a rock for the last two months, my name is still, as always, Mr. Donez Key, and with me, as always, is my co-host with Themos, Mr. Trico Fullerton. What's up, man? What's good? What's good? I hope everyone is having a great day. I know y'all, you guys, are preparing for that Thanksgiving week, you know, with them turkeys, with the macaroni and cheese, just sitting there watching your football games or any other sports you may watch in with the, uh, uh, you name it, as it is. You name it, we got it this week. Yeah. And looks like, man, it's crazy that to think we're already in Thanksgiving. And yes... For those wondering, we will have an episode drop on Black Friday, but a little bit special flair and going to try and keep it breathe, just so people can give back to the ML lines, or shall I just say the computers this year, and actually shop. But that's next week. Shall we hop into this week's episode and these mainstream highlights? Uh, yes, let's get started. All right. And with that said... After being named the Miami, and this might hit a, a real close home for you, Trico, the Miami Marlins' new general manager, Kim Ning, and I know I butchered that last name, yeah, after she was named, named the Miami Marlins' new general manager, she became the baseball's first female general manager. Ah, ah, not done, but also baseball's first Asian-American general manager crazy <laughs> that's right that's right and um i'm actually feeling uh feeling okay with it because like uh of course like miami is very um diverse when it comes to like um uh, trying to get like more diversity and um not just uh, in miami area but also in sports well i bet but this is history in the making for uh, for, for the miami Marlins. so to have a first female and first asian american yeah, american female as a gm but um it's very exciting. I'm a, I'm a, a pretty a, a pretty good with that. Yeah, it's crazy to think, and I'm really looking forward to it. And yes, I know still there's a lot of diversity out in the world, and diversity kind of can be seen as a minority, but with a lot of leaps and bounds when it comes to diversity in the last couple of years, 
it's almost becoming the majority in mainstream media, but we know there's still a lot to go, and I am looking forward to seeing what's next. However, what's next in the NFL? Some scary, scary situations. Because, okay, some scary stuff as the ex-Giants defensive back, DeAndre Baker, was had his charges dropped of armed robbery with a firearm last October, which is crazy. Which I heard of the situation, but because I'm not too much into the Giants as much as I was, but then again, they were beating Brady like a stuffed pig and anybody but the Patriots, so that mantra. It's just nuts. And if you think that was crazy, Drew Brees may be done definitely for the season, but possibly his career is in jeopardy. And at 41 with a collapsed lung and fractured ribs after that crazy game last week, do you think he comes back after those injuries? I mean, it depends because uh, it depends on what type of uh, your sport you play. And it's only until when you reach a certain age that your body cannot uh, go through it. It depends on how many injuries that you had in the course of like playing, being 41 and um, been playing football. So this is a, a up till uh, coin toss from there to see if he actually come back from this injury to be able to play. But if not, then you're saying uh, my body can't do this anymore. Like this is so bad. This uh, you just have to hang up the um the hang them cleats up. Yep, just hang it up. Yeah, I think he does because the doctors were even putting it under. Be cautious. Not oh, he'll be back in this out x amount of time. No, the doctors are saying be cautious, which is never a good sign. Because you remember the whole pain management. Manning neck injury he was out for maybe a year came back for about a year or two and then just hung it up but off a neck this is off of somebody's breathing so this is to me same age range but a lot worse and but in some kind of good news Kyler Murray from the NFL Kyler Murray became the first NFL QB since Cam Newton in 2015 to score 10 rushing touchdowns in a season over the weekend, which is nuts. Man, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. And if y'all thought we were done with football, not just yet. One more insane thing, and unfortunately it sucks if you're a Tampa Bay fan. Antonio Brown got a, got caught again with his hand in the cookie jar just two weeks after the Bucks picked him up. This time was destroying a surveillance camera and throwing a bike into a security shack in a, gate, in a gated community. If he comes back and actually is able to – I wouldn't even invest into him at this point. It's almost how Ray Rice's career ended. I would not invest in him at all. I mean, can this, like, Tampa Bay's chances of 
going into the Super Bowl and everything, but that's the question. They were dangerous without Antonio. Hmm. They were contenders without Antonio Brown. And I hate to be that guy that says, oh, because of injuries and stuff. And say an injury is going to be the reason somebody makes it into the playoffs, especially out of that division. They're in the same division as the Saints. And with Drew Brees' collapsed lung and fractured ribs, the Bucks without Antonio Brown can be very, very dangerous. With Antonio Brown, it was almost a foregone conclusion, but they're still dangerous without Antonio Brown because you have Gronk and Brady, and you have Tom Brady. Chill. Just don't entertain, like, any of the insanity. This isn't the Cincinnati Bengals, so where if you drop your Ocho Cinco, your team's trash. This is 2020 Tampa Bay, where you are still dangerous without your all-star receiver. So I would say just drop him and go forward with your season. And Tiger Woods, after all this time, finally had his record broken, master scoring record broken over the week, which I didn't even think I was going to get into golf, but hey, congrats to Dustin Johnson for breaking the that scoring record of a minus 20 when Tiger held it for so long at a minus 18 in the Masters, which is crazy, crazy insane. But, and here, here's the crazy part. I didn't realize because the NBA has been so quiet. I knew it was coming up. I just didn't know the date because it's been so weird with how the 2019-2020 season or the 2020-2021 season are going to go. But let's talk some trade and draft highlights, shall we? Yep. All right. Oh, yeah. Let me backtrack a little bit because I knew I spaced over something. But the 2021 Pro Bowl will be comp- will not be in person and just okay la di da in Orlando randomly though we got to the Super Bowl how it will be contested this year next year though will be in a game online of Madden 21 which is going to be weird but no but smart idea smart idea cuz that just saves so many people and Orlando's already in. I'm not going to say it because I actually don't want to keep this rated T-E for everyone. But now to those draft highlights. So, draft and trade highlights. So, the Bucks traded George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, and draft comp- compensations for Jerule Holiday. You know who they're trying to resign. And that organization is just trying to rip everybody else just to try and pull that blade. But do you think that's going to work, though? 
I mean, if he could work with uh, with, with uh, Giannis, uh, those Giannis doesn't people. resign though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's if it, if he do resign, then those two yeah, can have to, have to work on their chemistry uh, together because those are like the two top players that um that the, the Milwaukee Bucks have or would have if the if Giannis resign with the Bucks. And then on top of that, the Sixers basically are giving up a player who has traded jerseys for dresses more frequently in the last few years than anybody. So the Sixers are dropping Al Horford in exchange and two picks for Danny Green from the Thunder. Well, if you think about it, Danny Green was on the championship team with the Lakers. So um, it would be surprising if he actually uh, left the Lakers and go to the uh, uh, – Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's going to Philly. Yeah. And then here's the thing. Like two non-draft – two big shockers that happened, and we're a month out from the regular season – James Harden, James Harden, not returning to Houston. He didn't. And I have a prediction for that. You think he's going to Brooklyn? Yeah, uh, most likely. But um, but he does have other options. Well, the Miami Heat is one of those options too. But um, Pat Riley has his own. I believe in Pat Riley's uh, decision about to make our our squad. But um, again, I think most James Harden most likely would go to the Brooklyn Nets because they could buy Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the same team. That plus, will be dangerous. Plus, you have Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire on the coaching staffing side. That's so going to be a threat in the East. If they yeah. pull that Harden trade off and acquire him, that's going to be nasty. And they have the the two of the three that led the Suns to be a three-point monster back in the early 2000s when it was Spurs, Suns, Lakers. And between those three, the winner was winning the West. So that's just going to be gross, but I'm looking forward to it. But on a Saturday note, when it comes to the NBA – we all were hoping that the 2020-2021 season was going to be a Golden State comeback year. Depending on the results of the MRI, it might not be. Clay went down with another leg injury. The injury that took him out of last season was his left leg. This one's his right. So this is going to be an uphill battle. I mean, we need – they, the Western team needs somebody to compete against with the, with the Lakers. I agree, but it's so up in the air right now to just picture it. And then the rescheduled date for Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. got confirmed and do you like your fights with turkey, Trico, or some gravy? Uh, it depends uh, how intensity this fight will be. 
Because most of the times when you go to fight games, you do you know we get some wings and all that stuff. But now we are at the eating turkey at a boxing match will be very interesting. So I'm gonna put some gravy on it. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoy that gravy on thriller on November twenty eighth then. So that's gonna be oh, oh yeah. And Home Mike Tyson, if you seen his pictures, boy, that man is getting real in shape. Oh, yeah, that man is a monster. And I am looking forward to just seeing that. And the co-main, and you know these two are going to be in shape. Jake Paul, Nate Robinson, and Jake Paul is just going to be stupid. What was that sigh about? Bruh, Jake Paul is going to get destroyed. No fun attended. Nate Robinson going to win. Okay. That's I not mean, even. Didn't we um, say the same thing going into the mat fight he had with Desi? I mean, that was just like a freaking. That was his own thing. But Nate Robinson, boy, no. We'll see. That's like, that's like a white kid trying to fight a black kid. In hey, a, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> stop that. Don't even go with that racial profiling on this. Don't even do it. <laughs> I'm going to shut that noise down right now. I'm going to shut that noise down right now. We love everybody here. And you know how crazy this year is. Don't even do that. And now it's like a an array of wrestling news before we head to our whole pay-per-view setup. But it's, I would say, a lot of it outside the ring, though. So, big news, Taker, big thing, on top of Sasha being on The Mandalorian and to where she's even advertising and her episodes out. So, season two, episode 11. But if you see her in the credits, it's not Sasha Banks. It's under the name Mercedes that she's going under for that episode cameo. I, I still got to check that out on Disney+. Plus. But congrats to her for that. And on, and then the clip, because Randy Orton reposted it on his IG saying, if you want to learn how to do an RKO, next time just hit me up. Two Chains in his recent music video, Tony, and you can tell which era it was shot in because it was literally only him plus two chicks in a bed. Two Chains hit a random... And the weakest RKO kind of looked like not even a diamond cutter was that stagey back in the day. And DDP had both his legs on the ground. And 2 Chains had his legs on, on his bed and, like, slipped into an RKO. And Orton reclipped it. Hilarious. So, maybe, I mean, and we'll get to this, I say next... Or might go into the rap game. And also, I want to say the worst of it news, because I do want to have a combo about that for last. But as revealed on Dynamite during his pre-match, pre-world title match, like promo on Dynamite, Mox revealed that him and his wife, Renee, 
while Renee's like trying to do a new podcast entitled Oral Sessions, are expecting their first child. Which how he did it was just so odd. And I'm like, so this is how we're doing a pregnancy announcement now? <laughs> like sneak it into a promo? Makes total sense and total relevance. But other than that, can for me and from us, congrats to John Moxley and Renee Pancrete, I guess we can say now. Yeah. Have you seen the photo shoot with uh, Becky and, and, and Seth with their baby bump pictures? Yeah, I saw those, and that's why I was like, wow. I don't know if AEW planned that or it was just the absolute timing. Like, Becky – Oh, we'll talk about that one once we move over to these pay-per-view predictions and discussions. But on top of that, freaking, let's stay on AEW for a second. But Matt Seidel officially signed his AEW contract and is officially all elite, which I think is going to be very telling because Pac returned to action this week and used a shooting star to set up the brutalizer, and we all know Seidel is the master behind the shooting star press, even though that botch was kind of scary and they explained it away and gimmicked it because of Michael Nakazawa, which is nuts. And then I was watching on YouTube this morning, and Taker was on a virtual First week feast with Sean Ross Sapp and actually was the best wrestler that ever did the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin, Austin and Sasha both used, had their milk. Taker really wasn't trying to take any of his jackets off or start crying. And then, or start, yeah, he started bur- burping, but nothing really else kind of happens. Taker was just fine. And then, of course, the one of the biggest things out of AEW, though, is now the Young Bucks or two-time authors. Their new book, Killing the Big Business from the Backyards to the Big Leagues, is out now. And 30 bucks on Amazon or Target, or you can get the $15 ebook online, which... I'm excited to read that just to see the evolution from P- from SoCal to Jacksonville is just going to be insane. And now to end this segment, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. And I'm going to, because this, I got asked about this on Twitch the other day. And because... Zelina Vega, we all know, a.k.a. Thea, Thea Trinidad, got fired due to a breach of contract over an OnlyFans cosplay account that she activated while her brother basically took ownership over her Twitch gaming account. And to me, this... I think I explained it on Twitch on why... with a couple friends on, like, why I'm kind of ooh, I'm done with this company, and if it wasn't for the podcast, 
and me being invested in like sports journalism and keeping up on combat sports and everything, wrestling included, so I got to keep up with them to a point. I would not give a crap about WWE, would not support them, would not like what they're doing because this to me 2020 as a whole has been like the final straw just to get out of a pandemic and owning people's personal ips just because a billionaire wants to get more greedy and make more money because they're losing all that house show revenue and then but the starting point was last year with the whole last couple of years with the Saudi shows, which I just barred myself from watching them. And I just saw the clips randomly and I knew what was going to happen, especially when the undertaker almost died. But I want to hear your thoughts on the whole from Saudi to now thoughts on the company before we continue. Um, uh, back to, uh, and discuss on, on the Killing Misses uh, book. Um, I uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking WWE. We, we're done with AEW. I right know. Now. I just want to get my thoughts on, on that one. I know my thoughts on that one. And, um, yeah, back to the um, – to the. I mean, I mean, when we heard about the, the third world parties getting canceled, I mean, with, with Twitch and um, with the YouTube and everything, I was like, what are they going to do? I mean, this is the stuff that keeps, like, the W Universe artists interested when no shows are coming on and like all this stuff with the up, up, down, down, the Twitch and, and, and everything. And you're going to get, uh, you're going to fire someone just because they're only fans of Twitch game. I mean, come on. Yeah. People are making money up that, you know what I'm saying? I'm, it kind of, uh, it sucks, but like, and then once you make money off us, uh, pay-per-views like Saudi Arabia pay-per-view that which sucks every time. Every time they do, oh my gosh! And yeah, it's just not working for everybody, and that's just that's just uh, stupid on their part, just to get greedy off of that. Yeah, to me, like the Saudi show, and a lot of people, the Saudi shows have killed WrestleMania the last two, three years. This year, it turned from Braun. Basically, Goldberg's coronation that didn't even go through of Roman. And then last year, it killed the hot, the hot streak of the hottest act in the company. So, the Universal title, just in that alone, I'm mad at. Like, how the Universal title matches have been booked at Mania and set up the last two, three years, I'm not happy with. And they've all been because Goldberg wants to go over and is using his legacy leverage and who he is to go over because of the Saudi money and because of name value, which you had the built-in story with Cena and Bray. You had the built-in, I guess Roman could have used the rub from Goldberg, but not for the title. And then, yeah, it was just a mess. And then Kevin Owens, Jericho, that had a built-in story that was months like, people have been complaining about just three-month build the mania that had a six-month, six, maybe seventh month before the Festival of Friendship, and it got turned into the U.S. title match opener. It was bad. 
So, but to end this and go on to a somewhat lighter note, because we're going into pay-per-view previews, including Survivor Series and War Games. Yeah. I'm basically transitioning out of not containing myself with WWE products, because if they don't care to at least look out for their talent, look out for anybody other than the bottom dollar, then I'm not going to care to waste. And I think I've touched on it over the last few weeks. They haven't put out a decent game over the last two years, but they've collected over two, $300 from everybody on the planet just openly. Heck, they just pocketed if people didn't want to pay the uh, – go through the microtransaction grind, they just got at least another 15, 20 bucks off people this week, these last two weeks. So, yeah, I'm not for them no more. But I will t- end this going into the pay-per-view preview. Big reason why Survivor Series has turned into an SVR – oh, what matches can we actually drive people into want to see? NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown wouldn't even that interesting because you knew NXT was going to go over because they're in a last year they were in a ratings war with AEW. And now because of, I guarantee you it's because of the COVID cases, they're not involved in this year's Survivor Series. And heck, nobody has built a sizable like actual feud going into this or promo program that is actually watchable to where even the five on five matches are simply rinse and repeat the same formula within the scenes. It's, I can't, I can't trust you. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. Where the table, where the table, where the table. Yeah, and yes, I know Lana's been put in nine times through a table now over the last, like, three months. It's probably going to get worse. Yeah, it's nine now. It's nine now. Well, I'm just putting five up because ten might come soon at Survivor Series. I can bet. Ten, there's going to be at least two tables, maybe even more at the Thunderdome. It might be a, It might be 12 by Monday. It might be 12, which is what scares me because that's not how you build a character. It's not how you build sympathy for a character. And I think when I was watching the listening to the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez said it best. That Raw Women's Survivor Series team may be the worst Survivor team, Series team in the modern era ever assembled. And Depending on who SmackDown gets, and I guarantee you one of them's going to be Billy Kay. I guarantee it. Just because yeah, they want I think it's going to be Billy Kay too. Yeah, it's going to be Billy Kay and probably Natty. Just or to Bailey. Be... No, 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 no. Bailey would bring star power. I guarantee you it's going to be Natalia just because of the dynamic with Lana. Just so I can try and draw some last-minute intrigue which is not how you draw intrigue into a match. To be honest, 
the only, there's only two reasons why I'm even interested in this pay-per-view. One of them is the farewell 30-year anniversary, WWE anniversary to Taker, which I guarantee you that clip is going to be circulated online by the end of Sunday night, definitely on the West Coast. And then also, how are they going to write off Seth to make it believable going into freaking make Seth's getting written off believable for to be a dad, even though they won't say Seth got written off to be a dad. Daniel Ryan got written off earlier this year to be a dad, but they won't say it on WWE. So are they going to find some convoluted way like Ray finally chopped his eye or is it going to be something crazy? I mean, it depends on how they really gonna write Seth uh, because uh, he got a uh, he got a match uh, coming up on uh, this Friday on SmackDown, so was it tonight as well against uh, Murphy, so that could end up uh, uh, there are two different ways from there, and also going into Survivor Series uh, like how is he gonna be eliminated if he or if he comes to be a, one of the sole survivors for Team SmackDown if Team Seven SmackDown wins, so there's many possible ways that uh, Seth Rollins can get uh, right now from there. And then also for the farewell for The Undertaker, there's been a lot of um, legends has been confirmed to, to be there in person. One of them is The Godfather. Kane's going to be there, and, uh, and everybody else is going to be there in person for, uh, for the farewell. And I can bet this is going to happen like at the end of the show, close to the end of the show. Everybody's going to be up the stage, up the ramp, and uh, everyone is going to be celebrating uh, from there. Yeah, so it's going to be almost similar to the Ric Flair tribute when he retired. But a lot of the legends they confirmed were a part of, like, Taker's locker room, like, posse back in the Attitude Era. In case oh. you guys didn't watch the Last Ride documentary. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also – Something that was covered but disrespected in a way from Sports Illustrated was the 23-year-old anniversary of one of the most infamous, the most infamous Survivor Series moment of all time that will probably get discussed and tried to be duplicated until the end of time. And that, of course, is Montreal. Screw job. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Any wrestling fan, you say Survivor Series in Montreal, Brett versus Sean. I mean, nuts. if you guys didn't know the story of the Montreal screw job going into it was Bret Hart said defend the WWE title against uh, Shawn Michaels, which would be their final time because Bret Hart was at the point that his contract was coming up. And there was some record sport that he was going to move, jump over to WCW and take the title there. So that's why the Montreal Screwjob came about because Vince did not want to see a title go to a competition. So that's why he screwed him over. It's a Brett screw Brett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to listen to both from a non wrestling perspective and a wrestling wrestling fans perspective i'll look up the video by plana productions 
as well as the Sports Illustrated article on it. If you're a newer wrestling fan, if you're an older wrestling fan, you've seen enough of it to understand what went down. But some of the newer wrestling fans, period, because that is such a historical piece of footage, we probably know what happened and what went on. So, yeah. It's just intriguing to see non-wrestling fans commentate over a piece of wrestling history, you know? And then, uh, lastly, um, you've seen it, like, in, um, in the, in the, in the uh, WWE 13 game where, where you saw the scoop driver there, where they talk about it. Mostly they miss uh, certain points from there, but um, you also I mean, see- they had to because freaking copyright and trademark you know like the entire attitude era mode that they did in 13 had key parts miss some parts missing because of trademarks and legit whenever you do a historical piece you have to worry about the trademarks that's why the impact ev 2.0 was so trash because they couldn't get the trademarks from wwe or the licensing for a lot of old ECW footage, or even to use ECW's name, because Vince stole the trademark in 2010. Yeah, and um, uh, if you go uh, into uh, 16s later, when Bright Art actually came back from the uh, Montreal Screwjob in uh, 2010, and um, yeah, the, him and uh, Shawn Michaels were reclining. That they shake hands and bury the hatchet. But um, Vince was not convinced of bury the hatchet yet. But oh, then led into a match. Okay, to let's a not talk about yeah. one of the reasons WrestleMania 26. Yeah, as a whole, because that was Shawn and Taker too. WrestleMania 26 almost went down as a bad WrestleMania. Part of it because the amount of time they gave that match for just a Hart family beatdown on Vince McMahon. And it was just getting excessive. I'm like, really? Let this man just go. Taker and Sean, plus I would think, no, Cena and Batista at that point, they had already wrestled like two, three times. Just Batista's ideology like changed at that point. And then I've, and then. William Regal, the one, two words that I wait for, I think a lot of NXT fans wait for William Regal to say because it gets clipped and it gets you the most hype out of anything, especially when he says it, is coming back. And one match is already confirmed, and that is three, two, one, War Games. games. Say it again because my throat is kind of raspy. War Games! Thank you. Yeah, like, every year he says it, and it is so good. But the men's match was kind of obvious, and in a .com exclusive, Regal confirmed it this week. It's going to be the return of the Undisputed Era versus Orny Lorcan, Danny Birch, Pete Dunne, and Pat McAfee. Which, to be honest, this has years, years of build, years of story, just in these eight guys. 
Because if you remember how Roddy joined the Undisputed Era, was the Dusty Rhodes cal- Classic screw job over his tag team partner at the time, Pete Dunne. And then we all saw, if you've been keeping up with NXT, you saw the beatdown of Birch and Lorcan when they took out both O'Reilly and Fish. And then, of course, everybody. I think this is no knowledge at this point, even if you're not a WWE fan, because ESPN even had to do a report on it, of how Pat McAfee and Adam Cole went down. And Adam Cole finally got some payback for the entire Undisputed Era and Brizongo this week and kicked Pat McAfee right square in the face. So, that's your men's War Games match, and that got confirmed. Your women's War Game match, still kind of, the captains got confirmed, but the rest of the teams got hinted at, but not confirmed. So, it's Team Shotzi Blackheart versus Team Candice LeRae. And basing off this week's NXT and how this got built, last two weeks, last month, I should say, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. That's that's Team LeRae. That's my thought. And then Team Blackheart, Shotzi, Tony Storm, Ember Moon, and here's the big one that's going to throw people off, Rhea Ripley. And this is almost a parody of what happened last year. And, yes, Candice is getting way too big for her britches and teaming with Dakota again. But Candice was right on one stat. She was two women down last year because Dakota basically went cannibal on Tegan Knox's knee and tried to take her and almost put her down. But Tegan did that to herself. But she still won four on two against Team Baszler with Rhea, though. So if that, that match starts taking more shape because we only know three of the names confirmed, Shotzi, Candice, and Indy. It's crazy. But before we go on break, I do want to touch on, yes, this happened this week. A lot in two companies. It almost happened four times. Thank God it only happened three. But this whole philosophy of transitional champions annoys the crap out of me. WWE did it too much. Impact did it. And, heck, we saw it last week. (laughs) With uh, the whole Johnny Gargano and uh, Leon Ruff thing. And it continued this week with transitional champions. So I'll just run down the list from what happened on Raw and at Turning Point. Randy Orton, who won it at Hell in a Cell. First title defense, Claymore to the face. By, by number 14. And then Sue Young, who returned out of this anamorphic state. Uh, from Susie, beat Deanna for the title, and then dropped it back at turning point, which is crazy. The North start their second title reign as Impact World Tag Team Champions. Oh, Ethan Page's contract's coming up soon. Oh, yeah, let's just give the titles to Gallus and Anderson. I hate that so much because that is so backward booking just to keep people strong, but it makes no sense to me. What's your thought on transitional champions right now, man? I mean, when Drew McIntyre defeated Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, 
because in the general, reason not, when, we in general not because yeah, we know the story because simply everybody knew the second Drew popped up on SmackDown last week, he was winning that title, and I'm like, oh crap. Granted, we've seen we've seen both those matches with Roman too much before 2020, but because of the heel face dynamic, Orton versus Drew is more compelling than. I mean, Drew versus Roman ver- rather than Orton versus Roman is way more compelling. And Drew popped up on SmackDown. But I'm talking about transitional champions in general because we've seen them so much lately. Yeah, that's why I was even pointing at because, like, you think about it, like, um, you know, when you say transitional, I mean, it's just a matter of time when it needs to go back to, to the person who rightfully deserves it because of. Uh, but not only when it comes to booking matches or to certain fans that that want to see as champion or into a certain point of like, oh, the, the current champion we got, it's not working for us. So we had to give this title to someone else uh, to make it work as far as our ratings, business concerns and, go, and going on with the show and everything. I'm just glad Sasha's finally not on that list, though. Because oh hey, that would have really like triggered a lot of people. Oh, we're gonna oh no, give... the fans, yeah, the fans loving uh, Shasha's uh, uh, right now as she's broken her curse. Yeah, because for those that don't know, Sasha's Raw won her title singles title defense record. I don't. It might be her tag team title, her championship defense record in general. Because didn't she lose the NXT title in her first defense to Bailey? I don't, I think so. Uh, yeah, was yeah was that a instant classic with Bailey? Her first defense of that belt. Yeah, during the Iron. Uh, no, Iron the Iron Woman was the second one. I'm talking about the NXT Brooklyn one. Oh yeah, they did the, the curtain call. That yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, was that her first defense or was that a second one? I think it was her second one. I think the curse came to when she went to the main roster. Yeah, I know the curse. That's where it became prevalent. I'm trying to think if it started on NXT. I don't think it started. I don't remember it did. Okay. Because she – because here's the thing. Sasha was entirely cursed before that second fight with Bayley. Because both her tag title reigns, you could kind of say the Golden Role Models won. Versus the Boston Hub Connection one was a bit better, but that's just because they needed some. Because didn't the boss, I mean, the Golden Role Models, they held them for, I think, one defense, right? Yeah, they held it on to one defense. Um, in there, but did, they actually defended them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. they did because they went down to NXT. That's yeah, they went down reason. to NXT, yeah. Yeah, NXT saved that reign, but that was it. Because her first one, she dropped them right to the Iconics, like a month after they won them. And then her Raw women's title reigns were basically over within a month. Next defense, bye-bye. And then if she would have dropped it right to Bailey a week later, basically her credibility would have been out the window. Because it's a whole nother ball game to win and defend. Like, that's why you didn't see too fully... Yes, he's a Hall of Famer, but his world title reigns were not that good. Taker, 
he only had two that actually lasted past a month, but his character didn't need the world title to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, to me, is just crazy to think, like, and we've seen so much repetitive booking, so where it, that's why there's so much content to where it's a detriment to the industry. And because you get so much repetitive booking and the transitional champion booking is one of the most annoying. I know Jim Cornette touched on repetitive gimmick matches, AKA the fact we had two, I quit matches back to back for championships. And yes, I know the hell in a cell one was an overbooked mess but a Hell in a Cell I Quit match counts as an I Quit match. And then full gear, about a month later, we have Mox vs. Kingston I Quit. Yeah, and Mo- Kingston wasn't even near the top five. Ooh, yeah, it's too much to take in. So can any company just be original and do what they're trying to do is my thought. Hmm. Be original and not do a match similar to what another company's doing within a three month radius of when they did it. Because you and I talked, I text you, we didn't watch NXT, but we definitely saw a hangover parody this week. Oh, yeah. Within the inner circle going to Vegas. Uh, yeah, that was definitely uh, a, a parody of. And hang over there. That is definitely. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, nobody's hung over here though. But myself and Trico, if you do us the honor, we'll see you guys in five short seconds. I get asked all the time, how do you keep your beard looking full and thick? I instantly recommend Shea Moisture Men Beard Wash. Are you a victim of the struggling beard? Well, run out to the nearest Walmart and beauty supply section and get Shea Moisture Men Beard Wash. But don't forget the full beard detangler or beard conditioning oil. That premium natural ingredients help soften, condition, and style your facial hair. Trust me. Shea Moisture Men Beard Wash is the new wave. You won't be disappointed. And what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Respect the Combat podcast. And for those that have just been crazy, craving myself and Trico, we're back to fill that craving and that need. But speaking of needs, how you been with this episode, man? Ah, uh, man, yeah. uh, the topics that we dis- discussed, like, some were good feelings, some were bad feelings, and some were like, uh, trans over and switch over from from the shows that are going on. But um, let's move forward into some gaming uh, news, shall we? Well, that's all I got for the second half. Let's do it. But we've seen the DLC that came out this week with MK11 and with Battlegrounds. MK11 actually gave me an update that was like super. I think I woke up and got ready for work Tuesday at 4 o'clock in the morning, so 7 o'clock EST. 4 a.m. PST, 7 o'clock EST. And Mortal Kombat was doing an hour-long update to switch from Aftermath to Ultimate. 
especially if you got the really if you just upgraded the game you got ultimate because they needed to upload update the online patch and there's no com- active combat league right now which doesn't surprise me because there's a few more kinks they have to work out and make sure cross-gen is able to stay stable so i'm not faulting them for any of that but out of butterface rambo and the prince slash bohemian rap city which of the three have you been playing um between the um the, the Mortal Kombat, uh, my, which be, one of the three DLC? Sorry, uh, Rambo and and Rain, Rainbow and Rain. And for those that didn't get the um, Bohemian Rhapsody slash French reference, a purple ninja named Rain. Do I need to say more? That's the no. prince of it. Yeah, a purple no. ninja named Rain. Enough said. And Rain legit has a boat. The iconic queen pose from Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's him at the bottom with his arms crossed, and all alongside him, Smoke, believe it's Ermac, and then was the third one Reptile? Yeah. Yeah, so he has, has a fatality where he's going to shoot water, shoot the usual water spikes at you, and then... Before it goes in and slices you in half, you get this whole clip of that iconic image, and you're like, wait, who's the Queen fan on at NetherRealm Studios? Because mm-hmm. to me, that's the best fatality that they have with the DLC characters. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That is so insane. And I'm so glad that they didn't debut that during the combat cast. And I like the uh, uh, the friendship too. The friendship. You knew he had to do something with water guns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And who was the third one? Because I know he had a Shao Kahn and a Kotal. Who was the third? I don't know. I forgot who it was. Um, yeah, I think it may. It was either Molina, Scarlet, or could it have been Sindel? I think I think it was Sindel. Yeah, because it was a woman with purple hair. So, yeah, I'm going with Sindel, but if somebody knows in the comments, like, correct us. Yeah, but all that turned out, like, actually affordable. Like, the combat pack itself was 50. I mean, combat pack 2 by itself was 15. The ultimate bundle, which is... Nine characters plus the story expansion is 50. So you basically get nine more characters and a story expansion for 50 bucks. So the game value by itself is $100, which is a nice bundle for that. And the game's two years old and still running very strong, actually. That's not, that's not too bad. Oh, yeah. And especially for something that's cross-gen now is insane. And they're working on those kinks right now. So just expect probably a patch really within the next couple of weeks, knowing NetherRealm and how fast they work. But from a game that's got very good netcode 
everything and is still strong after two years to a game that basically had a life cycle of the smash of wrestling games and it is buggy as all get out especially king of the battleground 2k battlegrounds released in dlc and i'm just being real on it why would i grind for trish and booker granted 15,000 vc in-game currency the game's still only 40 but is the grind even worth it anymore to even go through that game your thoughts i and i am a little so surprised on the um how was it i think trish was epic and um and booker was uh, rare and booker was rare. yeah and yet new yeah that's what i'm saying Fifteen thousand, which was so weird for those three and to have them like that it's just crazy and then the reason i say 2k battlegrounds was the wrestling version of smash because that's really the only way you're gonna have fun because there's so little content in the game with a household that's wrestling fans and gamers which I don't think it's going to go for that. And then with like three game modes, not outside of the creation suite for Battlegrounds, 2K21 from the same company has outside of creation a good seven or eight. And then Smash outside of creation has eight. But yet, Battlegrounds only has three. Smash has held up for, oh my gosh, Smash Ultimate, I'm going to say three years. Freaking Killer Instinct, because that community is so strong, it's held up for the entire Xbox One generation, because it was legit a launch title. I think the only fighting game that can touch it right now is Tekken if Tekken actually lasts (coughs) on console for another three years and still gets patches and updates, but I think it's almost nearing its life cycle with season four. But for some of these games, it's so bad that I have lost interest. And then, speaking of games I've kind of lost interest in, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot got the new Power Awakens episode. Two DLC is now live. And have you seen the Resurrection F movie? Yes. That's all it is. So you get Goku as... Goku and Vegeta go blue against Gold Frieza. That's the storyline they have for the... That DLC, which don't get me wrong, it's a good movie. Unless you go Dragon Ball Super, you have nothing left outside of maybe using the Broly movie, which too soon, way too soon. Yeah, too soon. So I feel like that's going to end very soon. But this year, I don't think I've mentioned it, but the God tier. The OG of Namco Games is turning 40 years old this year. 
and that being Pac-Man. Yep, that. Yeah, I still can't believe this year we are celebrating 30 of Taker in WWE, 30 of Jericho, period, and 40 of Pac-Man. And before anybody's, and before you cut me off and text me later, yes, I know I'm 32, but turning 30 this year as well, but still. And the crazy thing is the PS5 got its first system update, its first system update this past week. But Microsoft kind of said, yeah, we're just going to avoid the uh, Black Friday sales and you guys are not getting, if you didn't pre-order, no more Series X in stock until early 2021. So I am sorry to all you Xbox fans. Well, that's not the only thing to be sorry for. And this is an off-topic thing, but um, I got some news saying that both PS5 and Xbox Series S are crashing games so hard that the console are shutting off every time they play. Thank God I've got my PS4. Thank God I'm a PS4 still. Thank God I'm still a PS4 guy. And that's probably why Sony released that update on Tuesday. So, if when was that article like sent out? Um, it was sent. Uh, What's the date on it? Monday. We'll see next week because the update was live on Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll see in a week or two, like how that for Sony, but I don't know about Microsoft and the Series X, how that's gonna go. And That's then in a year for to get the PS5, I'm waiting. Yeah, I may not get mine till maybe next January, depending on whatever like birthday makeup deal my parents are going to do. But that's between me and them, and you guys stay tuned. And then IGN released its rating on the next-gen NBA 2K21. And my, have you seen any footage or anything from NBA 2K21? Next-gen? I mean, yeah, I've seen the next-gen, and um, it's very um, – the graphics look, uh, looks very different. I mean, I mean, we touched about it on hey, last week on how they uh, fit up LeBron's hairline and all that stuff, how you get – see the sweat and all that other good stuff. Yeah. But other than that, um I think uh the the dynamics the dynamics are always gonna be the same. They're, that's always gonna be the same. It's just how how you can see the graphics, like how you can actually see if it's an actual live NBA game and all that stuff. I think the the graphics is more um important and official when it comes to NBA two K games. I think, like, the biggest difference I saw from both the last-gen review to the next-gen review was the gameplay mechanics and the bugginess that went from last-gen to this-gen. And I do think that this-gen with 
NBA 2K21, they tweaked a lot of stuff, fixed a lot of stuff, but it's still there. And yes, like the my career, after you could easily skip college and go right to the G League with the NBA after high school. That's like the only story mode tweak they did. So you can skip the college storyline of your my player being a stalker, in a sense, to go straight to the G League. Nah, I don't skip my. I just said play for there so I can build my character up. No, 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 no. It's either you choose college or the G League. If you legit choose college or go to the G League. Yeah, I would choose college. I would choose. Either way you're going to build it is just the direction you want to take it. And your decision-making has it. And they redid the town. They redid the city and my career so it doesn't look like a pastel just insanity. My question is with the online, and I didn't hear too much about it, if it's going to be cross-gen. Um, I don't think so. And that, to me, does scare me. With so many people having – I guarantee you if we're having all these issues when it comes to the next gen as a beast and we have the next gen as a whole and we're having these many issues, imagine the online and if you can't really – connect with anybody on current gen and you're stuck with current gen you're going to have a hard time finding online or blacktop matches need to at least have some way to connect with people last gen and current gen and even though they may just be in your friends list you know yeah because if one of us gets it in the next year before nba 2k22 comes out We'd still like to play with the other one, even though we're on two separate generations of consoles and had that freedom when it comes to NBA. And that's where I think the appeal of Mortal Kombat has everybody beat right now because they had that option of cross-gen. See what I'm saying? Like, this is just nuts. And... But uh, I think... 2K22 may uh, look better because um, it, it will be a year off uh, with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series debut. Then it will look more better because, like, when they do, like, um, yeah, when they new console debut and they do the crossovers, then it might it kind of looks weird at first. But then, like, when they go to the next game, then it looks more improved. Speaking of next games, before we go to this, do you thoughts and anticipation going into the AEW game, the AEW console game? Because from what Kenny said, it looks like it's going to be cross-gen, possibly, and on multiple and on multiple consoles, not console exclusive, but just because. They're going to have the mess since they're not coming out with – they didn't come out with it this year, and most likely they're not because the only game they said that is coming out is that casino game. Do you think it's going to be okay when it comes to wrestling games? Because WWE backed themselves into a corner 
and we're as money hungry as they are, ooh, they might if they stick with 2K, they might jump off a cliff. And it looks like they are sticking with 2K because Visual Concepts is over that game too. Hmm. I won't be surprised if they uh, jump over to at EA Sports. They're trying to get the money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They don't. And here's the thing: EA only produces like a sports game that's not NBA Live every like three, four years. So Vince can't power try and overpower them the same way he does freaking 2K. Yeah. And the reason I say that, 2K, I mean, WWE wants a game out every year. EA, like, let me look this up when UFC 3 was released because UFC 4 was just released this year. I didn't think I was going to get to that. But UFC 3 was 2018. So it was a two February 2018. And UFC 4 obviously was a few months ago. But yeah, UFC August 20. So two and a half years later, almost three. So you think Vince can hold out for two and a half years and just have updates like internet updates as the time goes on or do you think he's going to try and if they go the ea route which i love the ea route of just updates as you go along and as the organization progresses update hair update divisions update the tires rather than just like oh we're getting a yearly release but stop having patches like three months into the development that's really was one of the things that killed 2K20. Like, you maybe got three or four months of support, and then, because it sucked, our hands are tight, we're out. We know we screwed up, we're out. And then just keep the online lobbies and the creation suite open for our previous game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they think about it, like, uh, they had to come up something big and, and exciting to – for everyone to want to get 2K22. NBA 2K, I mean, WWE 2K22. Yeah, 2K, yeah. Yeah, but, and here's the thing. They're also going to be competing with a lot of independent games that need support. And unfortunately, with how we every wrestling fan since the Attitude Era has been conditioned, it's WWE or nothing. But... It's we've got AEW presumably coming out within the next couple of years with their game console game. You've got the Russell Colt coming out with a game. Fire Pro is still putting out freaking updates like crazy and is one of the best games on the market, wrestling games on the market right now. One of, if not the top one. And then, yeah, it's like so much coming out. Next couple of years, we touched on it on previous episodes. To see what's coming out on console, but the big ones right now, AEW and WWE, and I guarantee you, if AEW releases their stuff around All In 2021, which would be around next August, ooh, that's going to put pressure. And which developer is actually good 
eight with um, visual concepts or Ukes. That's going to be interesting in, once both games are out. I mean, if you think about it, we, uh, we use uh, the, 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 the time that WWE was with video games. Um, here comes the pain was the best one when it was with you. And also, I don't think, I don't think New Mercy was used at that time. I don't think so. But no, No Mercy was under Aki. Yeah. So yeah, the time that WWE is with Utes, uh, here comes to pain was the game. And but Gata is with the AEW Games project too. So it's essentially a spiritual successor of No Mercy is what they're going for when it comes to the AEW game, updated graphics under Ux's engine with the director of No Mercy. But what I just want a good game and actually be able and feel like I want to do stuff that's not just in the ring. That's what 2K games made you feel like. You just wanted to do stuff in the ring and actually give me the feuds and give me the power in my storylines and my feuds that I want to do rather than just me having to create and write down like the feuds that I have going because and book them how I want to book them because free even an ECW storyline that I have going on right now or had going on before I took the uh, WWE 2K19 off my console was ECW lives because I saw that through a couple of Smack Talks was the one who put it up on his YouTube and a lot of stuff was created through there. But you have ECW lives and all your title feuds and storylines are singles. Yeah, the DQs are on, countouts are on just because, oh, WWE rules in an ECW like style setup. Makes no sense. It makes entirely no sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I want. Me control the matches, but still have the feuds the way I want them. And that just um, that's just crazy. When it comes to current gen and next gen, and to end the show, if you're not busy on Monday, if people are not busy Monday, and you're a fan of Mar. UMZC, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom. There will be a Maximilian Dude, for those that don't know, of the Assisting series and however many other fighting game commentaries and really just aficionado he's become since 2012 over the last almost decade is hosting on his stream just a Marvel Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Legacy Tournament on his Twitch featuring 32 of the best current day and legacy streamers and players throughout that entire scene. And it's hosted by Yipes and Tasty Steve. Is Max going to be competing? He even said it himself when he announced this. New, because he will be co-running this sucker. It will be hosted, and the commentators you're going to hear, Yikes and Tasty Seeds, so you know it's going to be live. It's going to be insane for anybody that is a part of the fighting game community. 
Is this something you feel? And it'll start Monday at, oh, I didn't put the time. So Monday afternoon on Max's Switch, believe it'll be, yeah, Monday afternoon on Twitch. I will get the time and probably just share the poster on my, at DKeyFuro on Insta. But what's your thoughts on Marvel 3 actually getting a resurgence in their competitive scene? I think that's 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 great, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And here's the thing: when I say games are having a strong enough community and strong enough support to even then still get support, when and when I say support, I mean online support for the game at this day. Because Ultimate Marvel Three is freaking yeah. Let's see, Ultimate Marvel Three got released in 2011. It is a 10-year-old game and is still getting support, online support and capabilities. The online is still functional when it comes to that game. It's nuts. Twitch Rivals, Maximilian Dude, and this is probably going to be one of the most insane. We've got freaking... Killer Instinct, seven-year-old game, still getting support. And heck, it was a last-gen launch title. And, oh yeah, my bad. And I just got the time for the tournament on Max's channel, 6 p.m. Central. So you've got 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. PST, Monday afternoon. I remembered it, it's just I didn't write it down because I didn't see it on the flyer that I saw. But... For that community, it's going to be insane because we all know the flop that was Marvel Infinite. Part of it had to do with Fighters, which still is getting support after all its time and DLC still to come for that game. But I think just because Fighters is kind of like the community on it, just for the simple fact it's a it's pretty much how they've built every Dragon Ball game to where you have to go around a map almost GTA style to find the mode you're looking for. So it's nuts, but it is so good. And what do you have to say from this week's episode, man, that's really hit you? Um, I would... I would say uh, the, the announcement of, of War Games and um, uh, how the draft is, uh, uh, and the trades is going and how it's going to leave up to the, to the next season and take her 30. And I did forget to mention, and I realized this late, but the number one draft pick that went to the Minnesota Timberwolves was Anthony Ann Edwards from the University of Georgia. So I do apologize to the University of Georgia and the Minnesota Timberwolves for that. But for me, I think just a lot that's going on off the court and outside the ring within the sports industry is so good right now. I wish like the stuff that's going on being acknowledged on the court, on the court, in the ring, on the sticks, 
would actually match, but no, it's not always going to do that. And like I said, we'll have a special. I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday edition of the podcast next week. But yeah, we both love y'all. And till then, see y'all next week. TT FN.